Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing? Great. Well, it's great to be up here today. As always, it's an honor and just a pleasure to be able to be up here and speak my heart and then what God's put on it to share with you today. And for those of you who don't know me, my name's Heather Lons, and I'm part of the leadership team here at Encounter. And my husband, Jared's the lead pastor, but he had the uh, privilege of being able to speak at another church plant in New York. So he's not here today. And so I'm stepping in his place and just going to continue on with our undress series. Last week, we uh, had week one where Jared and I were up here and we were just talking about relationships. And the title of, of the message was, Where's the Love? And we talked about the main components of a relationship and how men and women can work differently but also come together to work unified in a marriage and how our differences and our uniqueness in our own individualness can come together to make marriage a powerful thing. So we're going to continue on today with week two, which is called Who's on Top? But before we get into that, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, a love of my life. And so I just want to tell a quick story here. Uh, About a year and a half ago, we um, adopted a cute little puppy, and his name is Gizmo. And Gizmo is the love of my life. I love Gizmo. I have never loved a dog or a pet more than I have this dog. He's just a tiny little dog. He's like 10 pounds, but he is a furball of love, and I just love him so much. And so over the past year and a half, he's become part of our family. And Gizmo doesn't even consider himself a dog. He considers himself more just another Lonza. He's just one of the family. He's just just the guy hanging out with the family. He doesn't think he's a dog. And so Gizmo loves walk. Matter of fact, I was running through my message last night, and I said Gizmo and walk in the same talk, and he looks up at me, and he was so excited thinking I was going to take him out at a walk at 10 o'clock at night. And, uh, but he loves to go for a walk. So when we take Gizmo out on a walk, we put him on his leash, and uh, we'll start walking. But Gizmo, being who he thinks he is, he's just another person in our family, he often takes the opportunity to force his way in front of me or to pull me along Because in that moment, he forgets that he's the puppy, and so he thinks that he's the one who's supposed to lead us. And so maybe you're thinking, why are you talking about your dog here on a Sunday morning? We don't want to hear about your puppy, which anytime you want to hear about him, I'll gladly talk about him. Um, But I promise this has a point when we're talking about leading and following. So the same as Gizmo, he likes to lead and to kind of force his way to the front. A lot of times we can be this way in our relationships and in our marriage. We often forget who's supposed to be the lead in our relationships, who's supposed to be the lead in our, in our family, in our marriage, and we try to force our way to the front. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, and it's not for everybody. Not everybody wants to have control, but I'm one of those people. I like to have control. I like to know what's going on in my life, and I want to make sure that I'm going where I want to go. But that's not what marriage is about. It's, it's not about who's leading you know, in, in between me and my husband, it's about knowing the direction that we're heading. And so sometimes, just like Gizmo, we get a little confused, so we try to force ourselves, we try to, try to push ourselves in front to lead in front of our husband or in front of our spouse or significant other. And that's not what it's about. So today what we're going to do is we're going to look deeper into who should be on top, who should be leading in our relationships. And we're going to look at a couple passages that are going to, to tell us who should be leading in our marriages and in our relationships. Thank you, Aaron. So at first I want to go off on just a little tangent, and I want to talk about this book right here. 
this is a Bible, and all of us, we're, we're usually using our tablets or um, our phones, and that's how we use our Bible, and that's perfectly fine. You can use it however you want, and I just wanted to bring my Bible up on stage because um, a lot of us don't get to see this paper Bible here, but a lot of times we look at the Bible, and we see it as just this thick book of just pages. It's a book that's just filled with rules and laws, and it's so just hard to read because it's so big. But what I've realized is I I started looking at my Bible as a roadmap instead of just this rule book, this book that's just full of laws and commandments. Instead, it's a roadmap. So this Bible here, we go to it. So like last week when we were talking about a man and a woman and their place within a marriage and a family, and this week we're going to be talking about who should be leading in our families and in our marriages. And so when I go to this Bible, I see it as a roadmap. This Bible leads me in the direction that I need to go. It tells me about my journey, how to get to that journey, how to fulfill that journey, instead of telling me you need to do this, you don't need to do this. It's the roadmap that leads me in the next direction of my life. It guides me where I need to go. So I encourage you to take time to read your Bible and to hear what God has to say to you. And if you don't have a Bible, we have them free available to you. Come see me after church or stop by the Connection Center, and we'd be happy to get one in your hands. So moving on with our message, and as we learn about who, who's on top of our relationship, we're going to turn to Deuteronomy 6, verses 5 through 9. So if you have your Bibles, feel free to turn to that on your tablets or on your phones as well, and it's always on the screen here for you as well. So Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I give you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you, are, when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So right here is our first roadmap. Who should be on top? It's telling us right here, we need to love the Lord our God. Love him with all your heart with all your strength, with all your soul. And not just that, because we, we now know we need to love him with every part of our being, but now it's telling us, remind yourselves. Tell it to your kids. Tell it to your family. Put it, put it on something that reminds you every day. Think about it when you wake up. Think about it when you go to bed. When you leave the house, remember to love God with your entire being. And then put reminders out there. It says, you know, put a reminder on your forehead. Put a post-it note on your forehead. Put it on your mirror. Put it on your car. Put it on your workplace to remember to put God first and to love God with every part of your being. And so that's our first roadmap. And then we're going to turn to Luke 14, 26. Those who come to me cannot be my disciples unless they love me more than they love father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and themselves as well. So put God above everything else, above your family. Love him more than your family. There's another version that said it was something like, you know, if it comes to it, hate because you love so much. So you love God so much that the comparison of how much you love your family and your brothers, your sisters, your husband, wife, doesn't even compare because you love God so much and he's so high up there. So we should love God with everything we have. Our entire life should be around our love for God. So in every relationship, someone has to lead, and that's what we're talking about. So who should be on top of our relationship? Who should be on top of our lives? It's Jesus. Jesus should be the center of every part of our lives. He should have priority over every decision we make, over every step we take in our lives. So this includes everything, everything we're doing, including the relationships that we're in 
or the relationships that we're looking to, to pursue to be in if you're not already in a relationship. He should be the center of every part of that. Jesus should be at the top of our priorities. And that takes us right to our big idea today and what we're going to be talking about, which is Jesus, Jesus should be at the top of every relationship we have. doesn't matter what relationship it is, whether it's family, spouse, significant other, future significant other, doesn't matter. Jesus should be at the top of every relationship we have. And so looking back at Luke 14, 26, it says that we should love him more than anyone else, our family, our mothers, our fathers, brothers, sisters, spouses, significant others, and even more than ourselves. We should love God with every part of us. So how do we love Jesus more than anything else? What does that look like? And where do we start? And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to start we're going to go take a step back. Now, some of us are married, and this, really, this series is about relationships and marriage, but we're going to take a step back, and we're going to talk about ourselves for a minute. So we're going to kind of go past and then into the future or present. So going backwards, our number one point is we need to commit our lives to Jesus before we give our hearts to someone else. This is a hard one. We need to commit our lives to Jesus before we give our hearts to someone else. When, shortly after Jared and I got married, we've been married almost 15 years, and in, in our entire marriage, there's been different times where we've both struggled in different areas. And there was a point where I really struggled with insecurity. For whatever reason, it was just something that was really just heavy on my heart, something that I really struggled with, just being confident in myself, being confident in my giftings, being confident just in my own skin. And as much as Jared tried to to give positive feedback to me, to encourage me, to love me. I wasn't able to hear it because he's not the one that could fulfill that void that I was feeling. He couldn't make me feel better for my insecurity as much as he tried, and I believed him. It was something that I was struggling with. And it wasn't until I came to a place in my life where I realized that Jesus was the only one who could fill that void, that frustration, that insecurity, that, that feeling like I wasn't good enough, that I, that I had to work on so much. Jesus was the only one that could fill, fulfill that in my life. And so this is what we're talking about. We need to commit our lives to Jesus before we give our hearts to someone else. We need to make sure that our lives are in a place where Jesus is in the center of our hearts, the center of our lives. We need to make sure that we are finding our identity. And what that means is that who we are is not about the outside. It's not about our past. It's not about the struggles we went through. Our identity is who we are in Christ. It's who he sees us at. So when I got to a place where I said, you know what, Jesus, I want to be who you want me to be. I want to see myself as you see me and the potential that you see in me. That's when I could let go of everything and find my identity in Christ because I made him the center of my life. Jesus is the only one who can truly fulfill that void in our life. He's the only one who can, who can come and heal us from the brokenness that we're feeling. And I'm sure we've all had some sort of brokenness in our life, something that we've just dealt with, something that we've struggled with, something that we've gone through. And Jesus is the one that can fill that. But oftentimes we want to get into a relationship and we say, you know what, if I can find this person, then they're going to fill that void. They're going to help me feel less lonely. They're going to feel this emptiness and this hurt and this pain. They'll be able to fix me. But it doesn't work that way because instead you end up bringing what they call baggage. We've all heard, you know, they've got all their baggage. They bring their baggage into the relationship and then the other person may have their baggage. But if we stop 
and we allow Jesus to be the center, to be the one that fills that void, then we can enter this relationship whole, whole in ourselves, and then our partner can be the same way so that we can come together unified. And so it's important that we come together with Jesus and know that he is the only one that can fulfill that emptiness in our lives. We've all heard the term soulmate, but I've taken a little bit of a different swing on it. I like to say that Jesus is my soulmate. And that may sound a little weird because we're used to talking about our soulmate as our, our partner. Jared is my soulmate. I've been married to him for 15 years together for almost 17. He's my soulmate. But Jesus is my number one soulmate. And how does that work? How can Jesus be my soulmate? Well, here's how. Because he loves me unconditionally. He knows me better than anyone could ever know me. He understands every insecurity. He understands every doubt, every fear. And he's always there for me. He will never leave me. He will never leave me stranded. He will never break my heart. He knows my future. He knows my past. And he still stands by my side through it all. Jesus loves me more than anyone else, and that's why Jesus is my soulmate. And that may sound a little weird saying that, but it's true. So when we have Jesus as our soulmate before we look for a life mate, then we already start our life out in a better place, a place of wholeness. Now, maybe you're already married and you're already in a relationship. It's not too late to find that wholeness, to start that relationship with Jesus, to make sure that he is the center part of your heart, your life, that you are loving him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with your entire being that you are loving him. Because when we make Jesus the center, that's when the path opens up and we can follow the roadmap that he has for us because our life is centered around Jesus. So when Jesus is on top of our personal relationship, then we begin to live a blessed life that he is overseeing. So that was kind of the back of, of our personal life and, and making sure that we're connected with Jesus. So now we're going to step forward into relationships and into marriage and how we can have Jesus be the top and the center of that. So our second point today is Jesus needs to be the driver, not the third wheel. I'm going to tell you another story because I like telling stories and I find that it just helps relate a little bit more. When I was little, I was probably, I guess it was like five or six years old. My oldest brother, Matt, um, was dating my sister-in-law, and they had taken me somewhere. I don't remember where it was, and I just remember her telling me this story about how we were walking through somewhere, and I was with just them, and I always kind of found myself in the center of them and would pull their hands apart and just kind of hang on them and try to always be, and anyone who's been around little kids, they always like to just kind of be in the center of the attention. So here I am, five, six years old, breaking their hands apart, trying to hang on them, be in between them, not letting them be lovey-dovey couple, and so here's little Heather just always in the way, and I think sometimes this is how we see Jesus. We see him in our relationship instead of being in the center. We see him as kind of that guy over in the corner who's like, I guess I should pray. I guess I should read my Bible. Jesus is there. Jesus is always watching. But that's not how it is. I like to see it more of it's not a game of tug and war between us and our relationship with Jesus, our marriage, our relationship in Jesus. It's not this tug of war of who's going to win the battle. Instead, it's Jesus, instead of tearing our hands apart, he's bringing our hands together. He's enclosing our hands together as a couple, and he's saying, I bless this. And so picture it like he's putting your hands together, and then instead of trying to pull you apart, he's cuffing his hands over top of you and saying, I bless this relationship. I want to be the center of this relationship. I want to make sure 
that your relationship is all that it could be, that it has all the potential of being everything that I hope and dreamed it to be. I don't want to pull it apart. I don't want to be a distraction. I don't want to be that third wheel. I want to drive your relationship. I want to lead you and guide you. I've made this roadmap for you. Let me help you follow it. And so instead, he's coming with us, and he's, he's blessing our marriage. And that's why we need to make sure that Jesus is the foundation. If you think of a house, the foundation is the strongest part of the house. When there's a tornado, when there's a storm coming, you go to the basement. It's the foundation. And Jesus should be the foundation of our marriage, of our relationships. Do I need to switch my mic here? It always switches. All right. Sorry, guys. So he needs to be the foundation of everything that we're doing in our marriage. He needs to be what we're, what we're looking towards, what we're getting guidance from is from the foundation and Jesus being the center, being the guide of our marriage. He needs to be the authority in our life. He needs to be the one that's making the decision. So what that looks like is when you're going through things in your life, Something simple like a job change, a relationship change, looking for a relationship, maybe financial issues. Maybe you're in a relationship that may be a little broken right now. We look to God to be the driving force in that, to guide us in our marriages and in our relationships. We're allowing him and saying, Jesus, I know that you have a plan. You have a purpose for this relationship. I want to put you at the head of my marriage, the head of my relationship, and I want you to take me where you want us to go. Instead of being the one that's kind of in the corner just awkwardly standing there, Jesus is not meant to be the elephant in the room. He's meant to be the one to guide us. So we ask him, Jesus, I'm, I need a new job. Can you, can you guide me in this? Can you show me where I need to go? I'm having troubles in my marriages, in my relationship. Maybe it's you're looking, you're still not in a relationship, and you're looking for your future spouse. God, guide me. Help me to know which way to go. Because when our relationship is in the right place personally with Jesus, and then we bring him in to our relationship as a couple, now he can drive us as a couple. He can be the driver, not the awkward third wheel in there. He needs to be the focus, not the distraction. He needs to be the focus of our marriage, of our relationships. And that can be difficult, but it's not difficult when you make the decision to make him first and to make him the priority. So in my marriage, in my life, that looks like Jared and I spending time together in devotion and in prayer time. It looks like when we're making a decision financially or just within our, our household, whatever it may be, we pray about it. We ask God to guide us in those decisions. We ask God to be the center, to be the top of our relationship, of our family, of our marriage. He's the one that will guide us in the decisions that we make. So we need to make sure that he is the driving force of our relationships. We need to make sure that when Jesus is on top, we know that we are living a blessed life because he is centered around our relationship. He is centered around making us complete and we can't be complete without him. So we need to make sure that Jesus is always the focus of every day, of our everyday life, whether it's in your personal walk or whether it's in your marriage, that you are taking the opportunity to say, Jesus, I love you. I need you. I want to make you the center of my life. I want to love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength. I want to love you more than anyone else in my life. I want to make you the center focal point of my marriage in every aspect. 
And when we do that, we find that our life is blessed because of it, that he becomes the center, the guide, the roadmap that I talked about. He begins to lead us in the directions we need to go. So now when, when I have a decision to make, I know that God's going to be the center of that. I know that my marriage is centered around God's plan for my life. And maybe you're not in a place yet where you feel like God is the center of that, and it's never too late to be there. It's never too late to start over. It's never too late to make that commitment to make Jesus the center of your personal life and the center of your marriage. But we have to make that commitment, just like we talked about in the first point, that we need to commit our lives to Jesus. We need to commit our lives to Jesus, and we need to commit our marriage and our relationships to Jesus. He needs to be the center. So how how can we make this happen? What are some practical ways that we can put this to use? Well, I have some steps here for you. Make it easy for you. The practical ways we can do this. First, personal, personal worship and devotion time. Do you have personal and devotion worship time? That's a, a way to start. We need to make sure. You know, it, it doesn't have to be this two-hour-long process of worship and reading your Bible and praying. What about on your way to work? Just put on some worship music. If you need some ideas of some worship CDs, I know Aaron would love to, to share some of his favorites with you. I would as well. You know, just something that you can listen to and you can just really focus on Jesus. Spend time in prayer on your way to work. If you have a longer commute, maybe you have a commute from here out of the city, take that time to pray. Take time while you're doing housework. I remember during our life group, someone was saying that, that their most time that they do devotion and worship time is while they're doing housework. Whatever it takes, maybe you're cleaning, maybe you're doing dishes, maybe you're making dinner. Take time to have personal focus time with Jesus with worship and devotion time because that's how he's going to be, become the center of your life. Two, pray for your partner, your spouse, significant other, future mate. Pray for them. You know, my, my daughter Autumn, she's 13, my son Lincoln, he's 9, and I, to this day, I will continue to pray for their future spouse because I believe that that's important. And we should be doing the same. I pray for Jared every day. I pray for my family every day. But I pray for him. I pray for God to work in his life. And I know he does the same for me. I pray for my kids. I pray for their future spouses. And we should be doing the same. Pray for your significant other. Pray for God to bless them, to speak in their life. Maybe you're in a relationship and maybe you have your life connected with God, but your, your significant other doesn't. Pray for them. Pray for God to speak into their life and, and to speak directly to them. Pray for them. It's so important that we pray for protection, for guidance, for leadership, for God to just be the center of our spouse's or significant other's life. Pray for them. And the third one is to pray together, worship together, have conversation and devotion time together. It's important in a marriage and in a relationship that you're taking time together. It doesn't always need to be individual. It's good because you want to build your own personal life with Jesus, but it's also important to spend that time together. Jared will tell me sometimes, because I usually sit in a different row than him on Sundays when he's preaching, but he tells me, you know, I wish you would just come down every once in a while and just worship with me. There's just something powerful about coming together as a couple and just worshiping and praying and just spending time with Jesus. You're coming together, unified together, and saying, Jesus, you are the guiding light in our marriage. You are the force of what keeps us going. And so we want to come together, unified together, saying that you are the driver of our relationship. You are on top of this marriage. You are, you are everything that it needs to be, and you're coming together unified. There's something really powerful about that. So I encourage you to spend time together in your relationship praying together. Take time individually to pray 
alone and worship with God. Get yourself connected with Jesus. It's so important. And that's how we can focus on who should be the lead of our relationship. It should be Jesus personally, together. It needs to be Jesus. He is the one that is the driving force. And I can't reiterate that enough, that we just need to make sure that he is the center of our lives. It's so important. So your challenge this week is just that, to to take these practical applications and put them to practice. Do them this week. Every day this week, just take five, ten minutes. It doesn't have to be long. Pray on your way to work. Pray while you're getting ready. I often just put my phone in the bathroom while I'm getting ready in the morning and just play some worship music or, or take some time to sit outside and just appreciate what God has given us and allow him to just speak to you and be the center of your relationship, of your personal relationship and in your marriage and guide you through that. I can't tell you how important that is. He needs to be the center of our relationship. And so that's it for today. That's, that's it. That's who's on top is Jesus. And that's what we need to make sure that we are doing, that we are putting him in his rightful place, that we are allowing him to be the guide, the center focus of our lives and of our relationships. So last week we talked about where's the love and bringing, being unified together as a couple in our differences, but then also coming together and making sure that we're unified there. This week was who's on top, and next week is Breakfast Club. And so we're going to take a break from our series, and then we're going to come back in two weeks, and we're going to be talking about, um, on July 24th, it's going to be what's behind closed doors. And so we're going to be talking about what does God think about sex, and what is his intent for it. And this is going to be, we're just putting a little warning, it's PG-13, nothing too graphic, but, you know, if you have kids, we just ask that you put them in the kids that Sunday. But, you know, this is all about learning about how God wants our relationships to be and how he wants to have his blessing over them and how we can better ourselves and better our marriages and our relationships to make sure that we are living a life that is fully connected to God. So I encourage you to continue coming for this series. Make sure you come next week for Breakfast Club. And if you ever miss one, they're always available on the podcast on, online on our website. So I encourage you to, to check that out. So. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.